Welcome back to another episode of Sustainalytics Sustainable Finance Solutions Podcast, a monthly roundup of the latest transactions and developments in the sustainable finance space globally. In each episode, we take you through some of the latest news that caught our eye, noteworthy transactions that has hit the market, and cap off with discussing regulatory updates. This 20-minute roundup is the curated shortlist for a download on what's happening in the sustainable finance space globally, and it may just spark some ideas for future deals and transactions. This episode is hosted by Nick and Cheryl, who lead the sales effort in Asia-Pacific. But first, let's look at some news. So Nick, what are some of the headline numbers coming through for the first half of 2020? Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. So lots happening over June. Um, June saw about $14.9 billion uh, green bonds done in the market. Um, unfortunately, a little bit less, or about 30% less than, than year-on-year year, uh, June last year. Um, however, we see a good, hopeful pipeline uh, going forward for more transactions over the, the remaining course of this year. We know that there's been a lot of uh, impacts from uh, COVID. Um, if we just take a look at the first half numbers in totality, um, I guess what we saw was total green bond issuance, about, according to Climate Bond Initiative data, about $70 billion versus $125 last year. Um, the biggest change, and we've highlighted this on the podcast uh, in previous episodes, is really the, the change in the composition, the mix uh, of that as well. So social bonds trebled really to about $30 billion in the first six months, um, up from about $9 billion in the first six months um, last year, uh, and also uh, sustainability bonds reaching close to $30 billion, up from about uh, $20 in the first half last year. So you can see that composition changing, and I think that's here to stay uh, with much more focus on social and sustainability going forward. We'll talk in future podcasts about some recent reports coming out about um, uh, revised forecast for the remainder of the year. So I think some pretty good momentum in the markets, uh, although first half down versus uh, versus last year. Um, the other thing I was going to mention in relation to detailed reports and numbers and years on years is the Climate Bonds Initiative actually came out with a global state of the market report in 2019. They issued one earlier uh, in the year, but this was a, a more condensed uh, version with a couple of new graphs. So I would encourage our listeners to to uh, to check that out and really look at some of the comparisons and, and some of the trends from uh, from last year. It's a good it's a good read. That's right, Nick. This echoes a lot of the other articles in the historic EU recovery package as well. So about 30% of the approved Euro 700 billion will target climate-friendly projects. And according to S&P, this may translate to a potential of Euro 225 billion additional green financing with the bulk likely to be green bonds as well. So the EU technical expert group, the TEG, also published you know, five principles for sustainable recovery, which they believe should be applied to the massive stimulus packages. And you know, three of the five which caught my eye was the concept of planning a recovery that focuses on building back better. Also, the concept of building resilience into everything so we are better prepared for you know, future volatility, be it other pandemic outbreaks or natural disasters. You know, the concept of building resilience into the supply chains as well, as well as your operations. Um, and the concept about ensuring that these recovery investments and grants at the minimum doesn't do significant harm to you know, the other um, pillars of uh, green have you seen anything similar outside of the EU, Nick? Yeah, so I think it's a good theme to touch upon, Cheryl, like we've mentioned, or seems to have been a theme over the course of the year and probably um, to go out more uh, quarters and into next year is this whole concept of building back better. Uh, so I think the EU is the, is the key reference point to that. 
you just need to open any any um, any newspaper or news source, and you'll see a lot of articles about building back better, about green stimulus, about green sting strings. Sorry, attached to uh, attached to some of this uh, planned government uh, spending, which is good, and hopefully that stimulates some of the types of transactions that we talk about in this podcast around green and social and sustainability. As a connected theme to that, it's good to see the UK thinking about sovereign again. There's been a lot of talk for a while. Hopefully they're ready to move. Uh, and also Germany taking a, a leadership position in their plans uh, for issuance in the EU. So I think the country diversification element to this and the push from the sovereigns is really important as that catalyzes a number of markets and keeps bringing to the fore this whole concept of building back better, getting to that new normal. Uh, let's see how that goes. And what about the corporate side of things? Uh, Cheryl, anything jump out in particular over the month to you? Yeah, financial institutions and corporates continue to join the bandwagon with Citibank announcing their commitment to provide USD $250 billion by 2050 to finance more green initiatives and activities. And this is up from the $164 billion they have provided between 2014 and 2019. So also good to note that City also did another green bond in May this year, a USD 1.5 billion green bond, which is their second green bond following their first euro denominated green bond back in January 2019. Unilever also added and announced this interesting initiative where they plan to add carbon labeling to 70,000 of their products. So this move comes as the global FMCG's Uh, Giants' ambitions to set out to um, neutralize emissions from their operations from their suppliers by 2039. So it's ambitious indeed, and it will definitely strike a positive chord with post-pandemic consumers who have over the course of the upbreak has become more concerned about climate change and the fragile health of our planet. But this is not the first time we have seen corporates um, introducing or attempting to introduce carbon labeling to their products. Um, About a decade ago, Tesco, a leading UK supermarket also attempted to do something similar but it kind of fizzled out due to the lack of um, data pepsico also tried to introduce some carbon labels on their walkers potato chips but uh, it wasn't you know very helpful when they realized that consumers lacked comparison points so hopefully things will work out differently this time because the drive is coming from a manufacturer who has much more leverage and closer relationships to their suppliers but it's very good you know to see indeed okay and on the um, slightly different topic, Cheryl, so the, the ongoing proliferation of, of green bonds, different countries and sovereigns getting involved uh, is really good to see. And there's been a couple of interesting articles over the month about KPI-linked bonds or sustainability-linked bonds. As we discussed in an earlier podcast, ICMA um, some time back now or six or probably a couple of months ago came out with some sustainability-linked bond principles. We haven't seen too much actually transacted in the market uh, as yet, but a lot of conversations, I think, growing. It will be really good to see some more activity in that. Um, there has been some dialogue as to whether um, sustainability-linked bonds will eat that market share or uh, take away some of the propensity for some issuers maybe to do uh, transition uh, use of proceeds type formats. I think it's worth just noting that you know overall, I think they're meant to coexist. I think it's good that the sustainable finance menu, if you like, has more options on there. Environmental finance actually did a really interesting KPI link bonds webinar in July. I'd encourage our listeners to, to see if they can get uh, see if they can get hold of that. But really, we look forward to further developments in this space uh, going forward. But I think the key message is that they're meant to coexist. We'll see more in transition, and we'll see more on sustainability linked uh, link bonds. 
Um, the other thing just to mention, which was a big uh, deal for Sustainalytics over the um, over the month, is that we actually released and made public our comprehensive ESG risk ratings on our on a website, um, and that's to really show more transparency around those ratings, um, see and have uh, issuers and, and corporates reference uh, those more. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us as to how you can use that rating or license some of those ratings for different types of activities, whether that's linking it to a uh, sustainability linked loan or bond uh, or marketing communications, please uh, please let us know. But yeah, that was a pretty big development for us uh, yeah, over the month. Thanks, Nate. Moving on to our next section, let, not, let us now look at some transactions that has hit the market in the month of July. Nick, care to share what are some interesting green bonds that caught your eye? Thanks, uh, thanks, Cheryl. I guess we could say a bit of a, a bit of a smorgasbord of deals over June. And putting the podcast together, it was actually quite hard to, to carve down the list. But I'll mention some of the mainstay uh, sections of the market, and then a couple of a uh, couple of interesting ones that hopefully our listeners can can take away as some good reference uh, reference points. Uh, but if you look over the month, I guess renewables continue to be a mainstay. Uh, Patent Energy issued, um, Tenant uh, launched a, a billion-dollar uh, hybrid bond, uh, Statnet in Norway. What else have we got here? Singapore Solar Energy Company, uh, Maxion, Alcantara. Um, so lots of interesting names, lots of different uh, different markets. So the renewable space continues to grow, which is which is good. Um, we actually saw MetLife issue or at least release their framework as well. So that's on the back of a couple of other insurance companies the last few years uh, issuing. And also, uh, generally, we spoke about a insurance linked security uh, in green format that they did earlier this year. Uh, they're planning on issuing their second, uh, their second green bond. So good to see the insurance sector, um, similar to the banks, active issuers, different types of structures. Speaking of the banks... Um, in Africa, there was a couple of things, a uh, couple of things done. Uh, Ned Bank, who had done a green bond last year, looking at, uh, I believe, doing another issuance. Um, RCBC eyeing another uh, issuance in the Philippines, and Sustainalytics has worked with them on a couple of their uh, both green and sustainability transactions. The Chinese banks have been pretty, pretty active in your part of the world, Cheryl, in uh, in Hong Kong, um, in terms of some of the branches there for uh, CCB issuing um, issuing some bonds there. Uh, there was another securitization transaction done and a group that we've worked with called uh, Mosaics um, in the US. So again, good to see some structured deals uh, getting done uh, in green format. Property as well, a number of transactions over the month, but just a couple of those. Uh, Kim, Kimco Realty. Uh, we also worked with a Japanese REIT called Camphoria uh, in Japan. Uh, so that was a good one over the, uh, over the month. Some shopping centers, NEPI at Rock Castle in the, the Isle of Man. So some really, um, I guess, more diversity in terms of the, the property issuers. A couple more just to round off the smorgasbord for, for this month, Cheryl. Telefonica, uh, their Columbia unit related to the telco sector, looking at green bond. Uh, also Manila water. So water, a really important theme. Uh, and the Philippines, a really rapid growing market in this space. Uh, good to see them launching a, a framework. Um, and then a couple of other ones. First, UK Council to issue a bond for West uh, Berkshire Council. So again, it's great to see different types of councils, different types of government entities issuing. Uh, and then we also uh, saw something for Seiko Epson Corporation in Japan, which had a real interesting mixture of proceeds and again taps into that uh, growing corporate uh, space and issuance that um, it's getting done. So yeah, a, a lot of activity this month. And what about the, the loans, uh, Cheryl, outside of the uh, green bonds? 
Yeah, it's quite similar uh, trend observed in the loan side as well. Renewables continue to be a mainstay. So in Scotland, Cobra secures a £380 million loan uh, to finance their wind farm. Um, Georgia Renewable Power closed the first green loan in the US for the institutional leverage loan market as well. Uh, over in Sweden, Northvolt, which is you know a key player in the energy transition space where they manufacture um, lithium-ion technology for electric vehicles, they raised $1.6 billion for the creation of Europe's first homegrown gigafactory for the p- production of lithium-ion uh, batteries. Uh, over in Canada, Concept Properties and HSBC inked the first green loan in Canada, which they claim to be you know the first green loan principles aligned uh, loan worth Canadian dollars seventy one point five million in Singapore um, in the property space for hotels UOL Group secured one hundred and twenty million three year green loan from UOB to redevelop the Pan Pacific Orchard Hotel so this is the first loan green loan for um, UOL Group continuing on with the trend with structured deals in the export agency space HSBC arranges the first green export credit agency loan in Saudi Arabia for the Ministry of Finance. With the green loan proceeds will be used to purchase buses from Germany for Saudi Arabia's public transport network. Um, yeah, that's about it for the green loan space. Anything noteworthy for sustainable bonds, Nick? Yeah, so on the social side of things, Cheryl, a few uh, few noteworthy things happened over the month. So uh, Korean housing tapped the market again and again. They've gone to to market a few a few times, uh, and that really shows that ongoing theme and really important theme in the social space of affordable uh, housing. Um, another transaction I really liked, um, I guess, a sustainability um, sustainability bond um, launched by the uh, Kingdom of, of Thailand, and we had the opportunity to work on that with them. And I really like some of the newer, more innovative use of proceeds areas that was included in that. And one of them to note was just around food food security, which hadn't really been looked at in the market too too often as a as a social uh, dimension to that as well. Uh, a couple of foundations actually um, have launched uh, recent social bonds as well on the smaller side, but very interesting in terms of what they're looking at funding. I guess the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and also Doris Duke Foundation that we worked, um, uh, I believe, on both of these. A lot of grants-related work or emergency grant-making, if you like, to, to really impact or try and cover the void of some of the funding that's maybe not happening in the important non-for-profit sectors impacted by, by covid and the Doris Duke one had some really um, noteworthy ones about uh, ch- child well-being and also the arts. Um, so different dimension to the social elements uh, for those, which is a little bit outside of the, uh, the norm, but they're worth, uh, they're worth checking out. And what about sustainability-linked loans or, or bonds for that matter? Cheryl, anything jump out over the month from your reading? Yeah, SLLs and SLBs continue to grow in traction. And maybe let's start off with something in Singapore. A U.S. 25 million three-year SLL was inked to with Corey McCall, which is a subsidiary of Halcyon Agri Corporation. Halcyon is one of the world's largest leading rubber franchises with an integrated global network spanning plantations to processing as well as the distribution of quality rubber. So these proceeds to this SLL to Corey McCall will be used to maintain uh, Halcyon's rubber plantations in the Cameroon and Malaysia while promoting its Cameroon outgrower program as well. So the program also aims to provide additional food security and boost the income of 13,000 local small holder farms, but the KPIs for such loans were not publicly disclosed. A second SLL that this one I really quite like is for Montclair, which is an Italian ski jaker maker. 
They inked a three-year Euro 400 million RCF SLL with the margin linked to hitting environmental impact reduction targets. Also quite notable to mention that Montclair entered the Dow Jones Sustainability Indices World and Europe, recognized as the industry leader in the textile, apparel and luxury goods sector. So this is a great trend to see for fashion participants as well, following on from VF Corp's Green Bond earlier this year. Oat milk producer Oatly secures uh, an SLL, which is the SEK 1.925 billion, which is about 206 million US SLL um, revolving credit facility as well, with their interest rate linked to um, sustainability targets, which you know is around lowering their water usage. Also, interestingly to note, two more shipping SLLs were done last month by Clavness Combination Carriers, about USD 60 million um, term loan and RCF facility to finance the seventh and eighth clean blue vessels of the company. Uh, As with most shipping SLLs, the credit margin will adjust up and down depending on whether the company meets their goal of reducing CO2 emissions per ton of transported cargo per nautical mile in line with the IMO targets of GHG reduction by 50% by 2050 compared to 2008 levels. Artmore is another uh, product and chemical tanker as well. They did a 15 million receivables facility with you know very similar carbon uh, emissions reduction targets. Stockholm-based investor, uh, private equity name EQT, also did the largest ever credit line linked to responsible investment metrics uh, in the private equity space. So this, this is also quite a heartening uh, trend to see. This was done with uh, BMP Paribas. Over in Japan, Hankel, which is a German company, they does Lucite adhesive and personal laundry detergent. They placed a five-year, seventy million uh, private placement bond with in Japanese insurance companies uh, to support the projects, such as uh, reducing plastic waste in their operations. So HSBC was um, the green structuring advisor and lead manager on this transaction. But that's about it for the SLLs and SLBs in July. Anything interesting that you saw? for transition nick yeah absolutely but uh, that's an amazing list you just went through cheryl oats and ships and jackets and plastics so uh, excellent to see the diversity happening in that part of the market um transition as we mentioned in a previous podcast sustainalytics recently launched our second party opinion service for transition um, for both loans uh, and for bonds kicking off with uh, steel uh, and also natural gas in terms of distribution or gas used uh, and electricity uh, production but a couple of things to, to note really over the month. So I think we'll see more different types of tools come to, uh, to market going forward uh, to measure climate resilience and or transition. Um, over the month, the CDP or Climate Disclosure Project is releasing and talking about the different types of ratings uh, that they're doing. So let's see how that goes. Um, hydrogen almost on a daily basis, we keep mentioning each month, keep uh, keeps getting talked about as a as a fuel of the future and a great transition fuel, depending on how that's produced. Um, we saw an interesting one in Thailand, which was related to oil and gas for the PTT uh, company. So it will be interesting to see how that uh, how that goes. Probably more transition in our in our view, but look, I think it's it's good to have a diversity of of transactions happening from different types of issuers and really continuing to to spark that debate about what's green, what's transition, and more companies focusing on. Uh, sustainable activities for their for their company. Aceronox also signed a um, sustainability link loan related to their steel operations. So that was uh, that was good to see around their emissions and uh, and other uh, things. So more of a 
uh, transition sort of feel to uh, to that. In Australia, we also saw a heavy industry group um, get together to talk about transition and climate change, and we'll see what uh, impact that has going uh, going forward. And for our last segment, where we round up on regulatory updates, what's brewing, Nick? Anything you know caught your eye? Yeah, regulatory updates always my favourite section and the trickiest one to put together for the podcast. It's never a dull moment as far as regulations go, um, but just a couple of quick uh, snippets, if you like, in that space. So. The Bank of England talking about uh, how to incorporate climate factors for the corporate bond portfolios that, that they own for their markets uh, working. So again, in the wake of Mark Carney being very much a, a key leader and, and thought provoker as such, um, we'll see what happens with the Bank of England. And as we talked about before, plans on, on bonds, uh, green bonds and other things. Another interesting market, Indonesia, um, there was an article that talked about uh, regulation on carbon trading. Uh, so that's good to see in a market like that. Uh, with some talk again, Indonesia very dependent on commodities. Uh, lots of opportunities for transition there. So let's see how that grows. Ongoing articles about China's new green bond catalog, if you like, or the harmonisation between the different organisations and regulators uh, in China. But I'd say China continues to be an important market, and we'll see see how that evolves over time. And we'll see how also uh, it gets harmonised more over time, potentially with some of the developments uh, in the EU. Um, another really good report that was released over the month was the World Bank launched uh, Emerging Markets Green Taxonomy Development Guidelines. Uh, that's a bit of a mouthful, but combined with the EU taxonomy, I think that's an excellent document with a number of countries, uh, even banks and, and others, thinking about coming out with you know taxonomies. I think that's a really good uh, reference, which can hopefully support market growth going forward. Thanks, Nick. All right, folks, that's about all the time we have for this episode. Links to articles and reports mentioned in this episode can be found on our website. Do also follow us on our LinkedIn and Twitter at Sustainalytics and send any questions or feedback our way. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.